Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 215, and we are recapping week 13 of the 2022 Colorado high school football season deep in playoff territory now uh we got a lot of things to bring you here but first things first you know we do want to address what happened here in colorado springs with the club q shooting obviously here on the podcast we don't condone any sort of violence but this was very much targeted you know me i've lived in the spring so this is my community uh since high school I know people who have been at that club. Uh, Unfortunately, I do know some victims and a lot of people who were affected and that were there that night. And so this is definitely something that's personal to me, obviously, to all of us here on the podcast. And so I just want to, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, give thoughts and prayers any way we could support those victims obviously we are here for that i will acknowledge that a lot of different people with i'm sure different political leanings and beliefs listen to this podcast that is fine that's okay uh but you know violence is never something that you should condone against any group for any reason and i think that is definitely something we can all agree on and so Just wanted to talk about that real quick before we hit the rest of this episode. You know, obviously, that is something big that happened here in the state of Colorado. And, you know, it matters. We don't tolerate hate, bigotry, violence here on the podcast. That's just something we don't do. And, you know, like I said, I've lived here in the Springs. If you get what I'm putting down, you understand what I'm trying to say here. So that's all I'm saying. You know, but obviously, uh, hoping for all the best here moving forward. And I honestly hope and believe that we could do better as a community moving forward. And yeah, I mean, it's a sad situation, but that is part of life, unfortunately. So there you go. Just wanted to talk about that real quick. But anyways, let's get back to your scheduled programming here. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. We're going to recap 1 through 5A of the playoffs. Myself and Cody were able to make a couple games here. Um, Really interesting scheduling, scheduling here. So in case, you know, you weren't here in Colorado last week or maybe you're looking back at this episode, you know, a couple weeks, months, years from now. This last week was pretty tough weather-wise. It was basically, there was basically a huge snowstorm from like Wednesday to Friday. Uh, Most of it took place on Thursday here. You know, just really snowy, cold, and whatnot. And so a lot of games were rescheduled for Saturday here. Uh, A lot of them were scheduled for Saturday in anticipation. And so there were actually only two playoff games on Friday, that was the Loveland versus Montrose game, 
and the Valor Christian versus Regis game. Uh, both games just extremely cold. And so, unfortunately, we were not able to send anybody to those games. Uh, Cody did have work on that Friday. And then Gideon and myself were down here in the Springs. And so, uh, definitely a little suspect about the roads. Considering it was uh, it felt negative 10 degrees at one point with the wind chill uh, on that little uh, stretch from... You know, from Monument to Castle Rock. And so, uh, just to play it safe, you know, we stayed home for those games. I was able to watch both the Montrose Loveland and Cherry Creek versus Regis Jesuit game. Shout out to FanView for that last one. And then on Saturday, we were able to attend more games here. Uh, myself and Cody both attended a game, uh, which you will hear about. So, you'll have those. And then you will have Playmakers of the Week brought to you by Code Red Coaching. We'll talk about our round three playoff predictions uh, from last week. You know, myself, Cody, and Gideon have been predicting games. You'll get to see uh, who's on the leaderboard, how we did, how accurate we are. You know, just to hold accountability. I feel like some people don't understand that we put in a lot of work into this. And so we'll let the numbers speak for themselves. And then the haters could talk all they want, but they'll still be wrong. And then we'll have our round four playoff predictions we got two state championship games we'll be predicting here and then we have a couple games that will decide who will be in state this following week for 3a 4a and 5a so a lot to cover here let's go ahead and hop into it okay so let's start on the 1a classification we got some semifinal games Let's start here in Colorado Springs, I believe. We got Lyman versus Colorado Springs Christian here. Lyman looking to go back to state. And they go ahead and dominate this one. 41-0 here. It was not close. They took control early and kept it that way for the rest of the game here. Jordan Rockwell, 6 of 9, 139 passing yards, 2 passing touchdowns. Logan Botyer, 11 carries, 112 rushing yards, 2 rushing touchdowns, 1 reception for 45 receiving yards, and 5 tackles. He is definitely a Playmaker of the Week candidate. You also got Keon Bandy, 2 carries, 19 rushing yards, 1 rushing touchdown, 1 reception, 1 receiving touchdown, which was a 31-yard receiving touchdown, sorry, and 4 tackles. Gabe Schubarth, your 1A MVP, 9 carries, 108 rushing yards, 1 rushing touchdown, 3 tackles, and a sack here as the lineman just dominates here, not allowing a single point um, for this Colorado Springs Christian offense that has been so explosive all season, which is a little surprising, but it is Lyman here. That is what they do. And so for Lyman, this is their fifth straight trip to a state championship game here. Last year was obviously their fourth uh, trip to state where they did lose a close one to Centauri. Before then, they won three state championships in a row. And so going into this fifth straight state title here, obviously looking to win this one this time. Um, but on top of that, they're looking to win a state high 21 state championships. Uh, this next one would be their 21st if they win it. And they're already leading the state in state championships. They have 20 right now. I think the next closest is at 11 or 12. And I believe that might be Cherry Creek, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, another one here would only extend the lead against other programs here in Colorado. Also, I do want to mention this real quick here because I believe I saw this in an article. I, uh, that 
game against Colorado Springs Christian was their 700th game won as a program. If that's true, congrats to them. You know, the accolades still roll for Lyman. Unfortunately for Colorado Springs Christian, though, their season does end after a deep playoff run here. They will be back next season, still returning their quarterback and some other guys, but uh, definitely some things to learn from in this playoff game. Now, the other semifinal game, Ray versus Strasburg here. Strasburg having to travel to Ray, and this one was not close either, surprisingly. Ray won 28-0, just dominating Casey Midcap. Um, 7 of 11 passing for 61 passing yards. Also had 18 rushing yards, playing a very clean game here. Chris Arambula, he had five carries for 60 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and also got a pick six, definitely in playmaker of the week conversations here. Uh, Brady Collins, he had 28 carries, 164 rushing yards, and rushing touchdown. You know, Ray, they just dominated here, played a very complete game, which was different from the Wiggins game, where they kind of had a slow start, but they eventually finished strong. Uh, this game looks like Ray played a full four quarters, held Strasburg out of the end zone, played really good defense. I know they recovered a couple fumbles as well, and then scored when they can. And so, uh, for all those reasons, Ray is going back to state here. They have not been to state since 2010, where they lost to Burlington in the state championship 13-7. to and so this is their first trip back in over a decade. Real happy for Ray. They got a very complete and good squad that will be facing off against the Lyman here. And so there you go. That is your 2022 1A state championship game. Lyman versus Ray. It will take place down in CSU Pueblo. And myself, Cody, and Gideon will all be there to cover that game. So there you go. That is your 1A playoff recap. All right, now let's go ahead and talk two-way here. Delta versus TCA. TCA traveling to Delta for this one. Here's how it went down. It was a pretty close game until Tyreed hit a side. Carrillo, hopefully I'm saying that right, but he hit him for a long 60-yard touchdown pass to extend Delta's lead to 17-7 with five minutes left in the first half, obviously leading 10-7 before that. And that was a pretty big lead to take for Delta here. A momentum shift for sure. Because from then on out, uh, I mean, neither team would score, but for Delta, obviously, you're leading by 10. So you're not really, you know, super concerned at this moment. But here in the fourth quarter, eventually, is where the next score would come. Ty Reed would go ahead and put TCA away with a 30-yard touchdown pass to Gavin Brewer. That would make it a 24-7 game with 10 minutes left in the fourth. So... Not quite over, TCA could mount a comeback here, but like I said, they're more of a running team than a passing team, and so they have their limits as an offense, but TCA would do their best to storm back here. Andrew Brown, their quarterback, would score a rushing touchdown, I believe it was a 10-yard rushing touchdown, with about 8 minutes left in the game, and so that would cut into the lead, make it 24 to 14 there a 10 point game and then about four minutes later tca would get the ball and kick a field goal and make it a 24 to 17 game here a seven point game with about four minutes left but delta they would go ahead and get the ball and run out most of the clock and just like that go back 
to stay here uh taking care of business despite tca trying to crawl back into this one but like i said once they went up 24 to 7 this game was pretty much over here tyreed a playmaker of the week candidate he went 9 of 16 158 passing yards three passing touchdowns to only one interception uh like i said playmaker of the week candidate there Gavin Brewer for Delta, four receptions, 88 yards, two receiving touchdowns. The Carrillo, he had that long touchdown. He also had 169 rushing yards on 25 carries. And then Connor Workman on defense, going to Workman as he has not only this playoffs, but the entire season. 20 tackles in this one and a sack here as he led this defense in a great effort over TCA. Now, TCA, they did what they could. Ethan Aragundi had 27 carries, 148 rushing yards. Andrew Brown didn't play the worst game. 9 of 15, 83 passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks, though. He did have 11 carries, 33 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns, scoring their only uh, touchdowns in this game. But, you know, Delta, they just played a more complete game. And when it mattered, Ty Reed came through. Pretty sure in my predictions, I said that, you know, if it comes down to Delta needing a score to put this one away, whether they're winning or losing, whatever it was, I trusted that Ty Reed could go ahead and get it done as Delta is the more complete team as far as play calling goes, in my opinion. So there you go. Delta is going back to state. They have not been there since 2019 where they lost to Sterling. 19 to 27 that also happens to be the last season that eden has not went to state here as eden would go ahead and play montezuma cortez in this other semifinal game and win this one pretty easily they won 47 to 8 it was 41-0 at halftime and then eden just ran out the rest of the clock here just dominating here and so Walker Martin, obviously being a playmaker of the week candidate here. He won 13 of 18, 236 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, 46 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. Uh, Morgan Trebet, seven tackles, one sack. Also, four different Eden receivers caught a receiving touchdown in this game as Eden will go back to state here with a chance to three-peat. Like I said, the last time they didn't win state, slash the last time they didn't go to state, was in 2019. That was the state championship Delta was that so it feels like it has come almost full circle at this point as your 2a 2022 state championship game will be between delta and eden a very very fun game to look forward to for sure here that'll be saturday at csu pueblo like i said myself cody and gideon will be there uh, already for the 1a game we'll just stay for the 2a game which will take place at 6 p.m uh hey come say hi to us you know we'll be posting on our instagram and social media so you'll have some sort of idea where we're at feel free to message message us on that as well uh, you know there's gonna be three of us so uh one of us will hopefully check in and we'd love to meet fans and other people there but should be good really excited for these two state championship games uh because we are attending these two state championship games we will not be able to attend any other playoff games uh that will be taking place on saturday primarily once again so just keep that in mind but let's go ahead and move on here let's talk about some 3a football here we're in the quarterfinals let's start with durango versus george washington g-dub having to make the trip down 
to Durango. And this was a good one. After a Marcellus Honeycutt Jr. receiving touchdown, tying it at 14-14 with 9 minutes in the second, Durango would respond in a big way. Tyler Harms would throw two touchdown plat two touchdown passes excuse me including a 65 yard touchdown pass to jackson fancher making it 28 to 14 with about five minutes left in the half now a durango rushing touchdown and a g-dub receiving touchdown uh caught by marquevious lee of g-dub would make it a 35 to 21 game durango leading at halftime so a lot of fireworks a lot of offense early on here in this first half but regardless durango holding on to a very good two score lead here now durango they will pretty much keep a healthy distance this entire game here a two score uh, lead here durango would uh have a rushing touchdown followed by an interception they picked off g-dub which would then lead to another durango rushing touchdown which would eventually make it a 56 to 28 game here at the end george washington just not quite able to score enough here i mean they would score two touchdowns in the second half but durango would just keep matching that as like i said they just had a very healthy two score lead and they would not really give that one up and so at the end durango who was on fire on offense all day would win this one over george washington 56 to 28 and move on to the next round of the playoffs here uh tyler harms the durango quarterback six of seven 181 passing yards two passing touchdowns he continues to have a very efficient year here Jarek Baruch, definitely a playmaker of the week candidate. 22 carries, 208 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns on defense, had seven tackles and an interception as well. You also have Zachary Aber, 13 carries, 152 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. Jackson Fancher, eight carries, 76 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. He also had that long 65 yard receiving touchdown as Durango wins a shootout here and moves on to the next round uh speaking of the next round here we got two teams that are gonna play uh lutheran and frederick and the winner would face durango here and so just a note to be made here no riken doggard in this game it looked like in the last playoff game chase Sorensen did come in for a little bit i thought it was maybe some relief uh time here for riken as that game wasn't super close but it looks like riken doggard is at least injured and so we'll see if he plays in the next one probably considered questionable i haven't tapped into my sources yet but we'll see what happens here uh but chase Sorensen, he is a senior he did get a start here and he would start off with a nice 40 yard touchdown pass to joe cco with four minutes left in the first quarter making it a seven to zero game lutheran taking that lead now frederick they would eventually intercept uh, Chase Sorensen here with about two minutes left in the half. But ultimately, they were just not able to score as this Lutheran defense really challenged Frederick this game. And so that was the score going into halftime, 7-0 Lutheran. Now, both teams would pretty much struggle to score here. Nothing really happened in the third. But here in the fourth quarter, Frederick would eventually run in a touchdown with about 11 minutes left here in the game. And so it's 7-6 to six here. And Frederick, instead of kicking the PAT, decides to go for two. And they don't get it. And so even though they scored a touchdown here, Lutheran still has the one 
point lead here. So that's kind of tough here. Now, Frederick, they would get an opportunity to take the lead uh, as soon as they would recover a Lutheran fumble with about 11 minutes left here. So not too many plays later, they would recover a Lutheran fumble and get the ball back. And so this is their chance to go ahead and score. But it would basically amount to nothing as they would eventually punt it at around the 9-minute mark. So just very disappointing not being able to score off of yet another Frederick turnover here. Um, but, you know, Ryan Kenny, he would go ahead and make them pay here. Luthen will put together a nice long drive here. And Ryan Kenny would cap it off with a 10-yard rushing touchdown with four minutes left in the game here. And so they go ahead and go up 14-6. to six. Uh, Still, you know, some time left here. Frederick would need a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie it. But still a chance here. And so Frederick would get the ball. But they once again stall out, go for it on fourth down, they just don't get it. And so that is tough here. Luthen, they get the ball back, and they go ahead and put together another nice scoring drive, which ends with Ryan Kennery hammering in the nail in this coffin with a 17-yard rushing touchdown, making it 21-6 with three minutes left in this game. And so now it's a two-score game, and time is running out here, but... To make things even worse, Frederick would get the ball back on offense and they would fumble and Luthen would go ahead and recover that and burn off most of the clock before giving it back to Frederick who just couldn't do anything at the end of the day. And so Luthen wins 21-6 and will move on to the next round to face Durango and whoever wins that game gets a spot in the 3A state championship. Now for Frederick, just a very disappointing way to end the season. Had plenty of opportunities to go ahead and score here, but uh, despite getting two fumbles in the fourth, uh, getting an interception here uh, in uh, earlier on in the game in the first half, they just couldn't score off of any turnovers, and that ultimately killed them. Lutheran kind of feels like it. they just scraped away with a dub here with their backup here. Ryan Kenny, he was a big contributor here. As always, 25 carries, 149 rushing yards, 2 rushing touchdowns. Chase Sorensen, he was alright. Uh, 4 of 7 for 111 passing yards, 1 touchdown, 1 pick. Obviously, Luthen did not throw it as much as they probably would have wanted to here. Uh, Chase did get 20 carries for 103 rushing yards. And so, like I said, Luthen will move on to the next round. We will see if Riken Dogger plays in that game. Uh, because obviously, that's really important. Luthen is a passing team, run the spread, but... You know, with the backup, there's so, only so much you can do here. So, there you go there. Moving on, though, we got Roosevelt versus Evergreen here. Um, Roosevelt dominated early, leading by as much as 21-0 to zero with under a minute left in the first half. Luckily enough, an Evergreen touchdown would make it 21-7 to seven going into the second half here. And so, in the second half, Tommy Poholski would pass for a touchdown, making it a one-score game. 21 to 13. Unfortunately, they did miss the PAT, so they're down by eight. But they scored at the nine-minute mark uh, here in the third, and so there is plenty of time to get that one back here. But that drive would be followed by a Bronco Hartson rushing touchdown, capping off a long Roosevelt drive, and that would make it a two-score game again with about six minutes left. Here in the third, but Evergreen would not go down easily here. Tommy Poholski 
passes for another touchdown and they actually hit the PAT and so that makes it a 28 to 20 game going into the fourth and eight point game here but here in the fourth quarter it was all Roosevelt here. Xavier Ramirez for Roosevelt would then rip off a 22-yard rushing touchdown, making it a 34-20 game. After that, they would get an Evergreen stop, or they would stop Evergreen, and then Roosevelt would cap off another successful drive with another 30-yard rushing touchdown from Xavier Ramirez. That would make it 41-20 with about 6 minutes left in the 4th here. And then at the very end, Trevor West would get a 9-yard rushing touchdown that would put away Evergreen here as Roosevelt wins big 48-20 thanks to an explosive 4th quarter where they had 3 rushing touchdowns. And this defense for Roosevelt will just completely shut down Evergreen here as they are not able to do much else despite putting up a very good fight against a talented squad here. So there you go. Uh, playmaker of the week candidate easily is Xavier Ramirez. In this game, he went off 35 carries, 365 rushing yards yes you heard that right like a year uh like days in a year he had 365 of those yards two rushing touchdowns uh both of those obviously coming in the fourth quarter when they needed him uh, and so he balled out bronco hartson five of nine 24 passing yards one touchdown did throw two picks though but made up with made up for it for 40 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns as Roosevelt moves on to the next round of the playoffs to play the winner of this Green Mountain versus Palisade game here. And here's how that game went. It was 14 to 6 going into halftime. Uh, Green Mountain having the lead here. But in the second half, a Zach Wallace touchdown run uh, after a long that came after a long Anthony DeGrazia run, by the way. And then a Kuba Bel Belinsky, I want to say, field goal, and then another Zach Wallace rushing touchdown here in the second half would eventually make it a 31-6 game, and that would go ahead and put away Palisade here as Green Mountain just burnt a lot of time on their drives. Palisade also burning off time too as they run a similar system rushing the ball here by Green Mountain. Once they had that lead, there was no turning back here. Zach Wallace definitely a playmaker of the week candidate as he did a good job closing for Green Mountain. He won 6 of 8 for 80 passing yards, 1 passing touchdown. Also had 15 carries for 101 rushing yards and 2 rushing touchdowns as Green Mountain will face Roosevelt for a chance to go to state so there you go that is your 3a playoffs let's go ahead and move on to 4a here okay let's go ahead and start with montrose versus loveland uh i was watching this game kept an eye on it but honestly it was really uneventful until the fourth quarter here uh montrose though would take the lead over loveland with a touchdown in the fourth quarter and so that would set up this last Loveland drive here with uh, about under two minutes left here. Um, Loveland, they would do their thing running the football and all that stuff. But eventually, it would end with a Garrett Harstead touchdown on the quarterback keeper off the lead side. He would find a lane and go ahead and walk in, giving or giving Loveland the touchdown and the lead 20-15 to 15 here. Now, Montrose, they had about... A minute, 20-ish, a minute, 30 seconds. You know, they had enough time here to put something together. And they would actually get a great return to midfield. So they only had to go, uh, you know, just half the field to go ahead and score here. It wasn't a full length or close to it at all. 
But Montrose, they were just not ripping off any large runs here. This Loveland defense really clamped down here. They would try a couple passes, but that would just not work out as at all as this Montrose offense, uh, their scheme catches up to them and they flame out. And just like that, Loveland moves on to the next round with a chance to go to state here, playing the winner of Pomeridge versus Vista Ridge here. Garrett Harstead, a playmaker of the week candidate, 27 carries, 126 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown, or what would be the game-winning touchdown. So there you go there now let's go ahead and talk about that palmer ridge versus vista ridge game this game was originally scheduled for friday then moved to saturday still at uh palmer ridge though and so unfortunately myself and gideon were planning to potentially go to this one since it would be the closest one to us but then the whole weather thing happened and so it took place on saturday where we were already pretty stretched thin as it were so there you go but Gideon he was able to keep some tabs on this one and so the game was tied 21 to 21 going into the fourth going into the fourth quarter here um really anybody's game here but Palmer Ridge's Gator Robinson will then score a touchdown for them making it a 28 to 21 game with about 8 minutes 22 seconds left here now, Vista Ridge, they would struggle to move the ball here. The only success they really had on offense was running it here. Uh, Solomon Arns uh, Volson, I want to say, he had a great game here. We'll talk about his stats later. But he was the only one that was able to really move this ball. But especially in the fourth, Vista Ridge just struggled here as this Palmer Ridge defense heated up. And so their drive, this Vista Ridge drive would die on fourth down as the Palmer Ridge pressure would disrupt the play and give PR the ball back here. Uh, but the Vista Ridge defense would step up and force a punt here. Uh, the punt, unfortunately, would pin Vista Ridge on the three-yard line. So they would have to be taking snaps here in the end zone, kind of in a dangerous spot. And that would be proven right as his Palmer Ridge pressure would come for Braden Dorman. And on this play, it looks like he is trying to throw away the football here. But Casey Fackerel for Palmer Ridge would go ahead and make an excellent toe tap interception here. Uh, automatically putting Palmer Ridge in the red zone with a chance to put this one away. But like I said, just an excellent interception. Arguably the interception of the year here it looked a lot like Dorman was trying to throw this one away but Casey was just barely able to get hands on this one and so this would set up Palmer Ridge in a great spot to really put the nail in the coffin and that is what Gator Robinson would do for a second straight game against Vista Ridge here he would punch this one in for a rushing touchdown that would make it a 35 to 21 game here um and that would basically end it as Vista Ridge was just not able to put anything else together after that. And so just like that, Palmer Ridge moves on beating Vista Ridge 35-21 to 21 here. Uh, look, Palmer Ridge, at least this is what Gideon told me, did not lead the game until the fourth quarter. While shutting down this Vista Ridge offense completely in the second half, Vista Ridge did not score at all in the second half. And so... For Vista Ridge, obviously very disappointing. Got a lot of key guys over there uh, who's 
you know, this is their last season and whatnot. And so uh, just a disappointing way to go out here. But this Palm Ridge defense is extremely talented. And, you know, they kind of had their number here in this one once again. Braden Dorman in his last high school football game. He went 14 of 26 for 123 passing yards. No touchdowns in this one. Two interceptions. Oh, he did have, uh, have a rushing touchdown. Sorry. Dorman did have a rushing touchdown, but no passing touchdowns in this one. Uh, all the receivers kind of struggled. Nobody really passed 50, 60 receiving yards there. As, like I said, Palmer Ridge's defense really locked up here. Solomon Arns of Olsen, the senior running back for Vista Ridge. He had 34 carries for 211 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns here. Uh, but, you know playmaker of the week candidate gator robinson for palmer ridge he would just be able to outscore them with 29 carries 208 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns Derek hester for palmer ridge played a much better game here he won 9 of 12 for 135 passing yards two passing touchdowns and 61 rushing yards here playing a much cleaner game than he did the first time around here where they played at the end of the season and so a team effort for palmer ridge here as they end vista ridge's season and move on to the next round to play Loveland if you remember the last time these two teams played was in the Forest State Championship game a couple years ago in 2020 that is the COVID year here and so this is the first time they'll be meeting since then so it'll be really interesting to see who wins that semifinal game for a chance at state so there you go a lot of drama in that one in those uh games on that side of the bracket let's go ahead and talk about broomfield versus heritage where there was no drama at all broomfield dominates a tough heritage defense winning 46 to 0 cola crew an efficient 13 of 20 198 passing yards two passing touchdowns uh cannon juarez catching both of both of those uh touchdowns there Luke Francis, he had 18 carries, 85 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. But the defense came to play. Mikhail Benner, he had three interceptions, including two pick sixes. By the way, a 4A Defensive Playmaker of the Year candidate. Make sure uh, you vote for who you want for that for uh, Defensive Playmaker of the Year, MVP, Opoi, and Newcomer of the Year by tomorrow, Wednesday, since this will be dropping Tuesday uh, morning. So there you go there and then uh by the way back to the game here cannon warris also had a pick six as this defense came to play for broomfield as they shut down heritage and this offense did a lot too two passing touchdowns two rushing touchdowns a very balanced attack here as broomfield will move on to the next round to play the winner of this erie versus ponderosa game which cody happened to be at so i'm gonna go ahead and allow cody to recap that game Hey y'all, it's one of your hosts, Cody Stauffer here, and I'm going to be doing the recap of the Erie and Ponderosa game. This took place at Echo Park Stadium, which, real quick, Echo Park, you have got to get service there, man. I, I can't post any of the highlights of the players or of the game, and it's really frustrating and really dumb for a stadium of this magnitude to not have any service. So, yeah. Anyways... 
Let's go ahead and talk about this game here. Look, Erie, they were the 11th seed, obviously having to play on the road. Ponderosa, the three seed here. These teams did face earlier in the season with Ponderosa coming out on top. 39 to 27 that would spell a little bit of trouble for Erie in that first half of the season where they mightily struggled here and Ponderosa who would ride that regular season wave very well only losing two games to other top eight teams and getting that three seed as opposed to Erie here who has really picked things up in the postseason here big win against Air Academy week one upset demolishing of Denver South in that second week of the playoffs 35 to 10 so they're coming in red hot Ponderosa coming off of a comeback win over Pueblo West here there was maybe some questions as far as who is going to be under center here but Zach Stryker started this game but not before Erie starts with the ball here they have a run for a few yards and then number 10 of Erie here Gavin Lusk at tailback is doing his thing here. He picks up a first down to the 31-yard line before the next play where Cape Olsen stuffs the run. Barnett then finds number 85 on the Tigers here that is listed as Mason Calgoher um, on a play action for a first down all the way to the 50-yard line. They get Ponderosa to jump off sides because they have a very interesting snap count here. And then they have a screen to Levine for three yards. Barnett keeps right and gains a first down before a few stuff runs make for third and seven. But they do a halfback dive here that gets all the way to the 20-yard line and picks up a first down. Barnett then avoids a sack, but the pass hits the turf. On the next play, Ponderosa, they are screaming from the sidelines, quarterback, quarterback run, quarterback run. And number seven for this Ponderosa team, CJ Bill, Billy, I want to say, um, blitzes off the edge here and Barnett just narrowly gets the ball away here on 39 they call a draw play that picks up five yards but on fourth and four Erie in the red zone here is going to go for it they do a play action slant where number 12 Carson Keach is sitting on this route and intercepts the ball killing Erie's opening drive and giving Ponderos the ball on their own 19 yard line with five minutes and 20 seconds left on this drive, it's the striker to Max Mervin combination here. Striker finds Mervin to go all the way to the 35-yard line, obviously pick up a first down. And then striker finds Liam Edwards on this next play, who catches it and runs all the way to the opposing 31-yard line. The Ponderosa drive seems like it's going to start stalling out a little bit here as number one for Erie, who was all over the field during this game, by the way. He must have had like... 12 to 15 tackles at least Jace Onstad um, and he picks up a sack here uh, that, that keeps the line of scrimmage basically at the same spot and then there's a run that doesn't go for anything and then Stryker finds Miller here to the 18 yard line picking up a first down here moving the chains for this Mustang squad but this drive would kind of stall out here where they just get run swallowed up, run swallowed up. Then on third and seven, the Erie front, the defensive line that is, they just straight up win here as a pack of Tigers, mall striker, forcing fourth and 11, forcing Logan Matthews to come out and kick the field goal, giving Ponderosa the three to nothing lead with a minute and a half left in the first. Now Erie, with, their, with the ball in their own 20-yard line, has two stuffed runs and then an incomplete pass going three and out. But 
a Ponderosa player kind of ta- he just straight up tackles the Erie punter but they only call running into the punter which sets up fourth and four here and Erie lines up in punt formation but calls a fake punt direct snap that falls short and turns over on downs I don't know why you wouldn't just go for it here but whatever Ponderosa with the ball on the 29 yard line they get a run here for a solid gain and that ends the first striker he then keeps left here picking up six yards and then on second and four he keeps left for one on the next play Erie number 54 encroaches and Ponderosa gets a free first down to the seven and a half yard line a pack of Tigers stops this first run and on second and goal it is incomplete but on third and goal rolling out right just striker zips it in to Max Mervin who's just across the pylon and Ponderosa goes for two and even despite some defensive holding here Zach Stryker finds number two Dylan Karsteeter here for the touchdown here or for the two-point conversion number two for two here putting Ponderosa up 11 to zero with 10 and a half minutes left in the half now Erie with the ball here on their own 31 yard line solid return they have a pass that's short and then they get a handoff that gets to the other side of midfield being pulled up turned up I should say by number 19 here and as they gain all these yards and rolling on this drive they get inside the five yard line on the next play but it is called back by penalty bringing them back to around midfield there's a pass to Caden Lettuce here and then a run for a first down there's a stuffed quarterback run and then another run sets up third and four and they call a mid screen here and that isn't there so Blake Barnett locks and loads and rips one deep for the score but a legal man downfield brings it right back you have to realize if you're calling a mid screen you're gonna have a lineman downfield probably shouldn't push the ball downfield so you know that comes back here and you know on the next play Barnett is looking and looking but then he just keeps and runs for a first down going to the left side then there's a few runs that set up third and four they get Ponderosa to encroach for a first and goal at around the three yard line Ponderosa takes a timeout here but two runs slash a QB sneak later and Erie finds himself in the end zone and then Barnett finds number eight Caden Lettuce to give Erie their eighth point here converting for two with 605 in the half then on one pass to number 12 Carson Keach Carson takes it upfield and goes for an 80 yard touchdown score for Ponderosa putting them up 18 to 8 now Erie down 8 to 18 with 553 in the half starts at the 26 yard line they have an incomplete pass then a run for four and they have a swing pass to Ronan Ward here number 19 who gets a first down then there's a pass to number 88 on the other side of the field here who picks up a you know solid amount of yards getting past midfield Barnett then keeps for two but on the next play Barnett is hit as he throws and is picked off by number eight Donnie Garcia by the Mustangs and Ponderosa has three minutes and 14 seconds to really in you know cushion this lead prior to half here and they will not need the entire time here as there's a double pass 
to number nine and then number three. So for those keeping track at home, that's to Liam Edwards and then, you know, a, a solid pass downfield. To the 47-yard line, Stryker then keeps left for a huge gain and a personal foul at the end of the play. Puts the Mustangs to the 17-yard line going in. Stryker then throws a jump ball to number two, Dylan Karsteeter, who mosses an eerie defender for the score, and they are up 25-8. to At this time, I do start to get pretty worried about this eerie squad here. The body language is really bad. There's a lot of shrugging. There's, you know, like rolling of the eyes, but like with a helmet. So there's rolling of helmets and there's kind of a lot of whining over on the sideline here. And I'm starting to think, oh, no, like they got to show me something here. And they try and get a two minute drill, but they start off with an intentional grounding after a first down that makes it second and 26. There's an incompletion making it third and 26, and they will have to punt on fourth. There's a lot of dragging their feet, walking off the field. There's a lot of complaining about the refs. And Ponderosa here, they kind of have a chance to maybe step on Erie's throw and make this a huge lead with only a minute left in the half. But Ponderosa, they don't end up making this drive go too far. Um, and they go into halftime with a 25-8 to lead. But something you should know about this Erie coaching staff They've been around for a while, the head coach. We have a lot of respect for him at the pod. And I'm not sure what he said in halftime, but boy, would this game be a tale of two halves. Because Ponderosa, they get the ball to start this second half here. And right out the get-go here, they gain a first down, running the ball still pretty solidly here. But on Zach Stryker's pass here, he is intercepted by Blake Barnett and he takes the ball all the way to the three yard line and this drive would end on a Blake Barnett QB sneak to bring this game back within 15 to 25. Ponderosa they then get the ball in the next play and a holding penalty on first down puts them in a first and 17 hole here that would eventually end in them punting. Now Erie with the ball in their own 43 yard line and eight just about eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter. They get a huge run by Ronan Ward that goes all the way to the 33-yard line. They end up with a couple of short runs before third and one. Blake Barnett is met in the backfield by Cape Olsen, but they hurry up to the line on fourth and one and run a QB sneak that converts. They hand off to Ronan again for a first down, and then on the next play, Ronan gets an 11-yard rushing touchdown, flipping into the end zone from the 11 and bring the score 22 to 25 here the uh, it's starting to just get a little bit more rough and rough here for ponderosa this game is now a one score game here and ponderosa they end up having to punt on this next drive there's like a bobbled snap at one point that kind of messes with the rhythm of one play um but you know you could start to see the pressure getting to some of these Mustangs heads here because they eventually have to punt and there's a really long Blake Barnett run when Erie gets the ball that puts the Tigers inside the 30 but then they throw a quick smoke screen to Caden Lettuce who sheds a few tackles and scores. Erie is now up 29 to 25 with two and a half minutes in the third here. Now Erie with you know, they're with the lead now and Ponderosa with the ball here. There's about two minutes left to go. And number 24 
for Erie, having easily his best game of the season. Preston Terra Nova here gets his first interception of the game here and takes it back deep into Ponderosa territory. And additionally, an important part that happens on this play too is that Ponderosa's best receiver here, Max Mervin, throws a punch and gets ejected. This is starting to look like a complete meltdown here for Ponderosa. And the Tigers would capitalize with a five-yard rushing touchdown from Blake Barnett to go up 36-25 to heading into the fourth quarter here. So now Ponderosa finds himself in a two-score hole here after 28 unanswered Tiger points in the third quarter, including two turnovers in that time. Now to start the fourth quarter, Ponderosa very quickly has to punt to Erie, and Erie has the ball on their 45-yard line here. This drive, they would get quite a few runs, but would eventually turn over on downs. And Ponderosa would have the ball with nine minutes to go. They have got to start getting it going. And Zach Stryker does exactly that. He would find Liam Edwards here on this drive to pick up quite a few yards. And they'll have the ball on their own 31-yard line at this point. Ponderosa then hands off to number 36, Sean Davis. Sean Davis kind of getting, you know, this Ponderosa squad a shot in the arm out of the backfield here. He looks fresh. He looks explosive. But they go back to the air. And Zach Stryker is intercepted again. And Erie here is looking for the killing blow on their own 46-yard line. But eventually will have to punt to Ponderosa before Ponderosa is intercepted again here by number 24 Preston Terranova who takes this ball all the way back to the 20 yard line I really thought well even upon further look at camera angles and film the refs ruled him out of bounds at the 20 yard line but this was a pick six regardless here that's probably the killing blow for Erie and if there was any doubt here with their backup quarterback in for the majority of this drive to try and give Blake Barnett some rest because Blake Barnett he was slow to get up quite a few times during this game the ponderosa defense is very physical but just did not have enough gas left in the tank as ronan ward would punch in the last nail in the coffin here for a 10 yard rushing touchdown to go 43 to 25 look ponderosa on the next drive they drive all the way inside of the 20 yard line but something that stuck out to me is on fourth and one here they try and call a qb sneak with about a minute and a half left and zach striker fumbles the snap and that will end the game here so this eerie defense forcing four interceptions on the game three interceptions in the second half here and boy there's just no four interceptions in the second half i mean five interceptions total um look that's just an incredible defense by eerie here and incredible coaching honestly they really pulled their act together. The coaches told those players exactly what they needed to hear. They were a completely different team coming out of the gate at halftime, and that is what won them this game. Look, for Ponderosa, you had a very, very solid season, and I think that there's a lot to be happy about, but I do think that you know this is a glaring display of why I had some doubts about this squad. It's just a question of quarterback. Was Zach Stryker healthy during this game? I'm not sure he was limping sometimes and he has a pretty intense knee brace on and 
it just sucks because this offense, this Pondo offense, definitely sold here in the second half of this game, getting completely shut out and just overthrows and miscommunications on routes and the coaching staff even looked lost on what plays to call. At one point, they were running a pistol full house formation just to try and gain some yards in the run game, and that wasn't working here. So Ponderosa, both players and OC, just had no answers for this Erie team coming out in the second half. And Erie here, red, red hot in the semifinals for the second year in a row here. And they draw a Broomfield squad that they did play earlier this season. And if history is, or if, you know, patterns are anything to take stock in, Broomfield might sweat a little bit here as they did beat Erie earlier this season. But Erie, you know, they are on a very fiery revenge tour here. For Pondo, they still have plenty of talent. They're not going to go anywhere here. They got to find some stability and health at the quarterback position. Zach Stryker struggled with health throughout this season, and he'll be graduating. I'm not sure if you want to put Max Mervin there, who has played some quarterback here, but is such a dynamite wide receiver. I don't know if you want to put yourselves in that spot. Uh, really stinks that Andrew Heidel was, didn't stick around, but... I digress here. Congratulations to both these teams on a solid season, and congrats to Erie, who is an 11 seed in the Final Four. All right. Thank you, Cody, for that. Let's go ahead and hop into 5A football here. Let's start with the one that I got to watch, Valor Christian versus Regis Jesuit here. Uh, so this game was pretty back and forth. Not the cleanest game here. Regis Jesuit would start off with a big-time pick six. Valor would eventually reply back, and they would just go back and forth. A lot of scoring here, not the greatest tackling. At the end of all of that, at halftime, it was 24-21. to Valor with the lead. They kicked a pretty key uh, field goal in the second quarter that would give them that three-point lead here, which would give Valor plenty of confidence moving forward. Now, in the second half here, Valor Christian would start off pretty hot here, scoring a touchdown to go ahead and extend their lead. While this Regis Jesuit offense kind of just struggled to do anything. They couldn't score at all here in the third quarter while Valor scored a couple here. It wasn't really until the fourth quarter where Alexander Carroll would throw a nice pass to Dylan McCullough. That would go for a receiving touchdown, but at this point, Valor is leading by two scores here. And eventually, Valor would go ahead and and shut this one uh, down and win here by quite a bit here. They would win 45 to 28. Like I said, this Valor Christian team, they were hammering the football on the ground, running the football well with a bunch of different dudes getting it done for them. All while the defense just started playing better, started making more tackles, weren't missing easy assignments and stuff like that, and just caused a lot of issues for this Regis offense that just could not get anything going until, like I said, that passing touchdown near the end of the game. But at this point, I mean, Valor, they were controlling the line of scrimmage. They were pounding the ball up the middle, uh, giving it to whoever, really, and they just did their thing. And so at the end, Valor Christian will move on to the next round after winning 45-28. to Trey Stott, he had a pretty good game here. Uh, definitely a playmaker of the week type of guy here. He's a candidate for sure. He had 20 carries for 100 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Also had nine tackles on defense 
as well. So Valor Christian will move on to the next round uh, to play the winner of this Columbine versus Ralston Valley game. And here's how that game went down here. Two Logan Madden passing touchdowns plus a Braden Schatz 65-yard kickoff return for a touchdown would put them up 21-7 to at halftime. The only Columbine touchdown was, uh, uh, funny enough, a Braden Harvey passing touchdown to Spencer Howley. And so there you go. It was 21-7 to at half. Ralston Valley definitely in a commanding spot. Columbine not really built to come back from behind unless they play almost absolutely perfectly but in the second half columbine they continued to struggle uh they had two fumbles in the third quarter that second fumble would lead to a long ralston valley drive that would eventually end in the fourth quarter with a diano banalo rushing touchdown making it a commanding 28 to 7 lead here in the fourth at this point it's basically over but jason tommy you would go ahead and get a couple interceptions in the fourth quarter two to be exact to end columbine's chances of coming back here and so uh ultimately ralston valley kind of with the upset here because i believe most of us here on the podcast pick columbine to win this time around but they win ralston valley wins 28 to 7 to move on and play valor christian here for a chance at state logan madden 9 of 1300 yards two passing touchdowns one pick also had nine rushing yards and a rushing touchdown here Eli Keith for Va- for uh, Ralston Valley, excuse me. He had 17 tackles and a forced fumble. And then Jason Tommy, he had five tackles, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery. He is definitely a playmaker of the week candidate here. And so there you go. That is the matchup here in 5A moving forward. Valor versus Ralston Valley. Could definitely go either way. But let's talk about the other side of the bracket here starting with Pine Creek versus Grandview here. Pine Creek having to travel to Grandview. Uh, like I said last week, Liam Zarka, he hurt his hand. I considered him questionable, but he was out this game and did not play at all. So it was the backup senior quarterback, Cole Swanson, who stepped in. And Grandview, they just struggled. in this Pine Creek defense, they are pretty serious here. Um, but first things first. Mason Miller, he would rush for two rushing touchdowns, and Jonathan Core would kick a 42-yard field goal to give Pine Creek a pretty nice 17-3 lead going into the second half here. In the second half, Mason Miller would hammer in another rushing touchdown while this Pine Creek defense went to work, uh, getting two interceptions from Justice Nicholson and Cannon Budge. At the end of the day, Grandview was not able to even score a touchdown against this Pine Creek defense, especially with their backup. And so Pine Creek moves on to the next round to play the winner of this Cherry Creek versus Thunder Ridge game. Uh, they won 24-3. to Sorry, Pine Creek won 24-3 against Grandview here behind uh, a Mason Miller performance where he had 9 carries, 45 rushing yards, 3 rushing touchdowns. Jonathan Core had 97 rushing yards, Luke Zimmerman 96 rushing yards, and then Brett Alvey led the team with 11 tackles and a sack on defense. Pine Creek moving on to play the winner of this Chair Creek versus Thunder Ridge game. And uh, speaking of that game, I was able to attend that one. So let me go ahead and recap that Cherry Creek versus uh, Thunder Ridge football game. It was over at the Stutler Bowl. And to start this game, Thunder Ridge would have the ball here. 
Um, and they would get something going here. They called a great screen pass here on first and 15. That would eventually put them on the 40-yard line past midfield for a nice 15-plus yard gain. But a couple plays later, uh, well, three incompletions later, they would eventually force a punt. And so Cherry Creek being they would get the ball here on the 30. Bubba Tan goes to work here with a nice dive. He would go ahead and get them a first down on that uh, run on that first play here. A couple plays later, it is third and 15 after a holding call is called on Cherry Creek here. And Brady Vodka goes ahead and finds Ishmael Sisi on a nice little, it looks like an out route, either an out slash comeback type of route here. Couldn't get a best look. Doesn't matter as it goes for a first down here and extends this drive, gets them across midfield. Then Bubba Tan rips off a nice run to the left side here, bouncing this one outside for a 10 plus yard gain. That puts them on the 35 here. He gets them another first down, uh, this time running it outside right. And so this Cherry Creek offense is rolling. Brady Vodka then steps back. He throws a slant route here. His receiver catches it, but then Thunder Ridge hits him and he fumbles it. And Thunder Ridge would prevent a score here and go ahead and recover on the 14. But they are not able to do much here. They go three and out. Uh, they do try running the ball here, which doesn't work at all on second down. Angelo Petridis is there to shut that down. And so eventually they would roll DJ Bordeaux, their freshman quarterback out here. Uh, he would try to throw it, but it was incomplete. It was pretty well covered. And so like I said, Thunder Ridge goes three and out. Chair Creek kind of getting away with one there with a turnover there. And so, here we go, Cherry Creek, they take over on the 42 with about five minutes left here in the first quarter. Jordan Heron on the dive gets a first down crossing midfield here. After that, Brady Vodica finds Ishmael Sisi on a long throw downfield here. Just a great ball by Brady and a great catch by uh, Sisi that would go ahead and put them in the red zone, I believe inside the 10 couple plays later though it is third and five after two runs up the middle and so here on third and five Jordan Heron he goes ahead and runs tries to bounce it outside he gets strung out and tackled by Max Hughes short and so it's fourth and goal here um it, you know fourth and six but they are on the goal line so fourth and goal Thunder Ridge they got a great opportunity to get another stop here prevent a Cherry Creek score but Jordan Heron, he just takes the ball right up the middle. Um, the C parts pretty far here as this Cherry Creek offensive line absolutely bullied uh, Thunder Ridge on this specific play here. And so he gets up in there for a 7-0 lead. Now, still in the first quarter, about two minutes left. Thunder Ridge, they take over on the 20 uh, after the, I want to say it was a touchback here. But unfortunately, some mistakes here. I believe it was a false start. Makes it first and 15 before this thing even gets going. And so following that, they try to throw the ball. It's incomplete. It's just not quite there here. Um, Cherry Creek really covering and doing a good job in coverage here. And then they try to throw the screen pass to CJ Reese. But the Cherry Creek cornerback reads that all the way. Gets a pretty big tackle. And that makes it third and 19. And so here we go. Third and 19. Thunder Ridge, they decide to just kind of burn this uh, play here. They go ahead and run the ball with DJ. He gets a couple yards here. But 
it is obviously not enough for a first down and so thunder ridge once again goes three and out just not quite able to find anything they did take some deep shots but like i said it was well covered here so there you go uh cherry creek they would take over on the 42 here they would get a run in before it would turn into the second quarter and here in the second quarter, they're trying to get a couple other guys some carries. They give it off to Arion Boyd here, who gets some runs here. Um, they do throw it to Kyrie Johnston as well. Trying to spread out the ball here. Bubba Tan would get a nice opening up the middle for a first down. Put them on the 34. But this Thunder Ridge defense, they would continue to challenge Cherry Creek here. Uh, Brady Vodica would try to scramble around and throw it short, but it goes for pretty much no gain at all as the Thunder Ridge is there to stop it. Um, Cherry Creek initially looks like they're about to go for it. It is fourth and four here, and they would get the first down. They would run it, I want to say, with Tan but they do call a holding call on Cherry Creek. And so that would make it fourth and 14. And that's when uh, they would decide to punt it. Now, Thunder Ridge, they are trying to get something going here. It's only a seven point game with about eight minutes left here. Um, they try to throw it on a screen, but they do call holding on Thunder Ridge. And so that makes it first and 17. Then they try to air it out here to Richard Okuno here. He is double double covered, and so he just doesn't have a lot of space here. Uh, they're obviously bracketing him and CJ Reese, and so they're just not able to get any separation. DJ does overthrow this just a little bit, though, and so it's not a turnover. It's just an incompletion, and so there you go there. Um, but, you know, that was third down when they tried to take a deep shot on third and 15, and so they are forced to punt it. They punt it, and Cherry Creek, they actually muff this one, and Thunder Ridge would recover on the 50, and so not quite the way you wanted to go here. Obviously, they didn't get um, a first down here. They had to punt it, but, you know, they get about 20, 30 yards on this muffed punt, and so they're at midfield just about. Uh, but it really doesn't go anywhere. Cole Hanchett would give them a first down here on a nice run. But eventually, a couple plays later, it's third and eight after two straight runs. Uh, DJ, he tries to roll out, throw a comeback route here to CJ Reese. But the ball is a little bit too low, and so it's incomplete. That brings up a fourth and ten situation. And so Thunderidge uh, still, you know, eventually punts the ball here. Just not able to get anything going after that one first down there. Uh, Cherry Creek, on the other hand, they are rolling, especially on defense. Still some struggles on offense as Thunder Ridge is definitely challenging them, putting up a pretty good fight here. But anyways, Cherry Creek, they take over on the 20 with about four minutes left here in the second quarter. Uh, stuffed run and a short pass is completed uh, who gets across midfield. But some penalties would go ahead and bring that back, making it second and 14. One play later, though, uh, it is third and 14. And so on third down, they go ahead and call pass play. Brady Vodica, the freshman quarterback, he drops back, doesn't see anything he likes. So he goes ahead and scrambles here. And he dives for the first down, trying to get uh, a first down and extend, obviously, this drive. But he is marked a little bit short here. It's fourth and one here. Doesn't matter. They go ahead and call quarterback sneak, and Brady gets it on that try there. So Cherry Creek, their offensive drive uh, continues here. 
and so they throw it deep here uh, but the ball is picked off here Thunderidge obviously celebrating this one but there is a penalty on the ground and it looks like it is a pass interference here regardless the interception doesn't matter and so Cherry Creek they still have a first down on the 45 just past midfield and they are not afraid to go deep again they actually do it uh, again here Brady Vodica takes another shot deep to Ishmael Sisi who goes ahead and makes a big-time catch mossing a couple defenders here and he goes ahead and walks this one in as Cherry Creek takes a pretty commanding 14 to 0 lead with about a minute left here now Thunder Ridge they do try to throw it deep there's a pass interference call on uh, that play on offense and so uh, after that they kind of just elect to run out the clock here which is interesting but regardless Cherry Creek they lead 14 to 0 at half not the biggest deficit here but this defense is definitely balling out and the offense I mean they just kind of got to get it together they've had a couple mistakes but it's just a matter of time here and so here we go, this offense, this Cherry Creek offense has a chance to redeem themselves to start the third quarter here. Uh, Bubba Tan would run off uh, tackle to get a first down to extend this drive after it gets to a third and three. After that, Brady Vodica, it looks like Thunder Ridge has him pinned down, has him sacked, but he breaks out of that, uh, spins out of that and scrambles for a first down, once again, extending this uh, drive. But eventually this thunder ridge defense gets another stop here they stop a nice screen and that would eventually lead to a cherry creek punt and so here we go uh, thunder ridge you know only really needs to score something to make it a more manageable game it's only 14 to 0 here uh, and so they try to run the ball. It looks like they are really trying to establish the run here after going pass heavy here in the first half uh, missing out on some deep shots but Cole Hanchett would eventually, he would fumble the ball here. It looked like he was about to break loose for a nice gain, 10-15 yard gain. But he gets hit pretty hard. And number 40 for Cherry Creek, I believe that's Howell, would recover it. And so here we go. Cherry Creek has the ball back after that forced fumble and recovery. Brady Vodica throws it short. Uh, but the Thunder Ridge uh, DB kind of hits the receiver a little late here. I don't know why he did that. He hit him a little bit too hard, and I'm pretty sure he knew that. And so they go ahead and flag that. And so that gives them a first down here. Um, makes it first and eight on the goal line, actually. And here we go. First and eight. Ari on board. Goes ahead and punches it up right up the middle, making it 21-0 to zero with 6 minutes 48 seconds left in the third here. Not looking great for Thunder Ridge. It's already a three-score game. They've had their chances. They just haven't quite been able to put it together on offense. And so here we go. Um, Thunder Ridge looking to make something happen. Still a couple minutes left. Six minutes, 48 seconds left here in the third. Um, they tried to throw the slant route on third and 11. CJ Reese, he catches this one. It looks like it's about to be a first down. Then all of a sudden, I believe it's Aiden Napke. He comes in and he lays down the hammer and forces a fumble here. And so 
Angelo Patridis, the linebacker for Cherry Creek, would go ahead and pick up this fumble, and then it looks like he reverses fields, and he takes this one to the house, making it a 28-0 game here. And at this point, it is basically over. Cherry Creek would score a couple more touchdowns, do their thing, uh, but that wouldn't change the end of this game as Cherry Creek goes ahead and dominates Thunder Ridge 42-7 here. Just not a great game. I mean, this Thunder Ridge defense, shout out to them. They came to play. They gave this Cherry Creek team some issues on offense. I mean, DJ Bordeaux, the freshman quarterback, didn't play a bad game. But you also got to keep in mind, this is his third ever start here. Uh, don't believe he had any turnovers. And so he did as well as he could against this Cherry Creek uh, defense. But they were getting a lot of pressure on him. It looked like Blake Purchase was just purely pass rushing. And so he was getting a lot of pressure, getting a lot of uh, hits at the end and stuff like that. This Cherry Creek defensive line came to play. On top of that, their DBs did a good job. They didn't allow anything deep. That was the big thing. They didn't allow anything deep. And then they were... I mean, it looked like they were just uh, keying in on some of these screens too, knowing exactly when they would throw some of these screens. And so uh, they just struggled. I mean, at the end of the day, this Cherry Creek defense is very, very complete. Got D1 guys pretty much on every level of that defense. And so no big surprises there. They'll move on and play Pine Creek in the next round of the playoffs. So there you go there. Okay, now let's go ahead and talk Playmakers of the Week. This is the Week 13 Playmakers of the Week. I accidentally uh, named last week's Week 13. So this is the real Week 13. Last week was Week 12. But your Week 13 Playmakers of the Week is brought to you by Code Red Coaching. Uh, go ahead and call 9720-979-1914 for more information or visit coderedcoaching.com. Once again, that's 720 720- 9791914 or visit code redcoaching.com. Let's go ahead and start on the 1A level here. Got two candidates, got Chris Arambula out of red. He had five carries, 60 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, one pick six in that 28-0 dub over Strasburg to go to state. Logan Botyer in an effort to go to state as well for Lyman. He had 11 carries, 112 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, one reception for 45 yards and five tackles in that big-time blowout dub over Colorado Springs Christian. He obviously playing for Lyman. And for 1A, I'm going to have to go with Chris Arambula here. I mean, look, he scored half of the points for Ray and was a big part of this defense. So there you go there. On the 2A level, only got two guys in consideration both quarterbacks Ty Reed the Delta quarterback he won 9 of 16 for 158 passing yards three touchdowns one pick uh Walker Martin for Eden he went 13 of 18 236 passing yards three touchdowns 46 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown um both of them uh doing that in efforts to go ahead and put their teams in state here and I'm actually gonna go with Ty Reed out of Delta here I mean he's had to overcome a lot of adversity this season but here in the playoffs he scored when it mattered he obviously had to play the tougher opponent in TCA and his touchdowns at the end would go ahead and seal the deal for Delta and send them 
two states so there you go now on 3a i got three candidates here i got zach wallace out of green mountain he won six of eight for 80 yards 80 passing yards one passing touchdown also had 15 carries 101 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns you also got xavier ramirez yeah 35 carries 365 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in roosevelt's uh playoff win there against evergreen and then we got durango's jarek baruch he had 22 carries 208 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns seven tackles and one pick uh, this one was kind of tough. It could honestly have went either way here, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Green Mountain, Zach Wallace. I mean, some of these touchdowns at the end, especially in the second half, would go ahead and seal the deal for Green Mountain and send them to the next round. So there you go. He's your 3A playmaker of the week. Now, on the 4A level, I got four guys here, four candidates, uh, starting with Loveland's Garrett Harstead. He had 27 carries, 126 rushing touch, or sorry, 126 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, including the game-winning rushing touchdown at the end there. Uh, then we got Palmer Ridge's Gator Robinson, 29 carries, 208 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, both of those touchdowns in the fourth quarter to put away Vista Ridge and move on to the next round. Then we have Broomfield's Mikhail Benner, cornerback. He had three interceptions against Heritage, but two of those were pick sixes, so that cannot go unnoticed. And then Cody's playmaker of the game in that Erie versus uh, Ponderosa game was Erie's Preston Terranova. He had two interceptions and seven tackles. Obviously, all of that would help in a big effort uh, for Erie to come back and beat Ponderosa in that second half. And so I'm going to go ahead and give it to Erie's Preston Terranova in this one for his performance and helping Erie come back and win a big playoff game. Now let's go to 5A. I got two candidates here for the most part. Jason Tommy, uh, safety out of Ralston Valley in that game. Five tackles, two interceptions, one fumble recovery, obviously. All of those turnovers were a big part in putting Columbine away. Then we got Trey Stott out of Valor Christian. He had 20 carries, 100 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and nine tackles. I am going to actually have to give this one to Trey Stott out of Valor Christian. He was a big part of that rushing attack there. Obviously, Valor Christian using a bunch of different dudes to run the football. But Stott, he was one of the main guys, one of the most productive guys out there. On top of that, on defense, he really helped pick it up uh, in that second half, causing a lot of issues for Regis Jesuit. So there you go. So your Playmakers of the Week uh, for week 13, once again, brought to you by Code Red Coaching. Uh, going 5A to 1A here is Valor Christian's Trey Stott, Erie's Preston Terranova, Green Mountain's Zach Wallace, Delta's Ty Reed, and then finally Ray's Chris Arambula. So there you go. Those are your playmakers of the week. Okay, now let's move on to our round three playoff prediction summary here. You know, here on the podcast, we want to keep ourselves accountable. We make predictions every week. And so we're just going to look back at all the predictions we got right and wrong here. Uh, on top of that, you know, we are also having a little bit of a friendly competition here. Every right prediction is worth a certain amount of points. And so we've been adding that on, uh, adding that up throughout the entire postseason here. And so after each round of the playoffs, the point total uh, for every right prediction 
doubles so this week every right prediction is worth four points let me go ahead and start with my own predictions here here in 1a only two games to pick from i will i got half of them right you know uh i picked strasburg against ray ray obviously won did pick lyman though and so i only got four points only 50 percent of that was correct on the 1a level now on the 2a level i got both of those games correct Pred predicted eden and delta meeting at state and so for those predictions i got eight points 100 correct there now on 3a technically it's round two but we're still gonna go with the four point rule here i got all my predictions in 3a right here all four quarterfinalist games uh quarterfinal games here and so that's 16 points 100 correct uh, on 4a once again got all of those games correct all four games and so that's 16 points and i was 100 correct there now on 5a i got three of the four matchups right there i did predict columbine beating ralston valley and i was nowhere near correct with that ralston valley won big but it was a little bit closer you know so i mean as all of these playoff games are so there you go only got 12 points on 5a 304 right that's 75 percent correct and so in total round three this last week i got 56 total points about 87.5 percent of my predictions were correct i believe i only predicted two games wrong this uh this week this last weekend so there you go 87.5 percent that's pretty good here uh, uh right now my total points is at 130 so i'm sitting tight there now let's move on to cody here on the 1a level he got both games correct predicted ray and lyman going to state so that's eight points there um on two way he predicted that uh or both of those games correct as well having eden and delta moving on and so that's eight points another eight points and a hundred percent correct there now on 3a he, so far cody is perfect here um hasn't predicted a single playoff game on 3a wrong yet and so he goes four of four this week that's 16 points and he's a hundred percent correct uh 4a you know the streak continues he has not gotten a playoff game wrong yet uh predicted all of those games right on 4a and so he is 100 percent correct there now on 5a he did get one of the playoff games wrong i believe so he is at 75 percent correct he went with grandview over pine creek which is a bold choice but he did it and so regardless this was his only playoff prediction wrong uh, and so he's at 75% correct on 5A here in these playoff games, but still got 12 points here. And so altogether, this last week, he had 60 total points. He was 93.8% correct here. The only game he got wrong was Grandview, so you could blame Grandview there if you want. But Cody still has 138 points on the postseason he is leading me by eight points so there you go almost uh completely perfect week of predictions by cody now gideon here here on the 1a level predicted lyman and ray and so he had 100 of those uh points obviously so all eight points and then the playoff predictions were all right there on two-way he got half of that right uh, I believe he predicted Eden going to state along with TCA. 
if I'm not mistaken here. And so that is uh, 50% correct. He still gets four points there, though. Now on the 3A level, he bounces back pretty big here, gets all of the playoff predictions right on the 3A level, and so that's 16 points for 400% correct. In 4A, he got 12 points, he was 3 of 4 correct here. Uh, I believe he went with Vista Ridge, which was obviously wrong, uh, but the rest were correct, and so 75% correct in his predictions on the 4A level. And then on 5A, he was perfect, 4 for 4, 16 points, 100 percent correct uh, on the week he had 56 total points same as me 87.5 percent of those games were correct like i said same as me only missed two uh one was uh, predicting tca the other one was vista ridge so there you go right now gideon is at 129 total points he is currently one point behind me so still pretty close you know uh, obviously we're going to continue to keep ourselves accountable moving forward here uh, and next week all the games will be worth eight points i want to say so there you go we'll see if anything changes moving forward all right now without further ado let's go ahead and talk about these round four playoff predictions here we got two state championship games to predict here and then a whole bunch of semi-final games Let's start in 1A here. So Lyman versus Ray. I am going to go with Lyman. Look, Ray, they've been impressive and they got to be feeling empowered going into this game. Not going to lie. It's not a crazy thing to say. Ray is more talented this year either. You know, I'm looking at guys like Tell Wade, Casey Midcap, uh, Samuel Meisner, all those guys. They got a bunch of ballers on that squad. But it's all about being here before on the big stage and Lyman has been here plenty, both on the winning and losing side of things, uh, having losing it last year. And so, look, Lyman got their 700th win last week, and I believe they'll get their 701st win this week and their 21st state championship. Should be a great game, though, but, Ray, they got to find ways to neutralize this front seven for Lyman. So, there you go. Cody will also be going with Lyman. Uh, he did not have anything to say. Uh, not too much to say about it. So we will just leave that there. Now, this is what Cody, or sorry, not Cody. This is what Gideon had to say about this upcoming 1A state championship game. He says, I am so excited to be able to watch this championship. Lyman and Ray should be really fun. This is the only game that Lyman was even close to losing during the season. Uh, 13 to 8 was uh, the score of that one. Ray blew out Strasburg as theirs was the death side of the bracket. Whoever got out of that side earned it. Lyman side of the bracket was missing the 4 seed and 5 seed, which is very good due to CSCS Colorado Springs Christian beating them. Uh, Gabe Schubarth and Sam Meisner have both been exploding for their squads, trading marks until Wade or uh, at about the same level. Danny Sante has been killing it, as have Chris Arambula and Caden Bauer. This game is going to be as close and low scoring as championships come. I see Lyman winning 21-20 to in double overtime. I could see this game going either way. So there you go, uh, Gideon voting for Lyman or predicting Lyman 
And then one last time, I want to go ahead and uh, talk about Anthony Garcia from Mile High Prep Report. He has been giving us predictions throughout this whole postseason. He will be doing basketball and other sports for small town uh, programs. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, link to all of that in our bio on Linktree. So you could check that out there. But he is going with Lyman as well. Now, for the two way state championship games, Anthony, he is going to go with here. Let me see here. He is going to go with Delta over Eden. A uh, little bit of the upset here, but, you know, he believes in this Delta team and how complete of a squad they are. This is what Gideon has to say about this Delta versus Eden game. He said, I am so lucky to be able to go to these championships. I got a four-day pass for my dad, and I feel good about that decision because of games like this. Delta and Eaton are also as close as they come. Eden hasn't lost since week one, and Delta hasn't lost all year. TCA stormed back at the end of their matchup with the Panthers but Delta held on. The closest game that Eden has played this playoffs was their 41-7 win over Basalt. Eden is the champion two years running, and the seniors on, De on Delta were the runners-up in 1A in 2019. Connor Workman is really good on both sides of the ball. Zach Grable is all around as talent gets. Jose Olivias is a great kicker. Trent Salberg and Austin Martinez are great defenders. Landon Clay is a great offensive talent. Walker Martin is insane. Isai Carrillo is great. Gavin Brewer is good. And Ryder True is so good. I do think Eden will win by the narrowest of margins. They've been here before, more recently, and have as good an offense as a defense. I just have a feeling that Eden will pull through again. However, Delta has a damn good chance to win their first football championship since 1960 in only their fourth appearance Gideon says I see Eden winning 35 to 31 over Delta so there you go that is his prediction for that Cody is also going with Delta he said rocking with the Panthers who have shown no dents or dings in their armor so far this season as opposed to Eden, who looked vulnerable at the beginning. So, interesting enough, everyone is picking Delta. I will be the only one to pick Eden here. Look, it feels like Eden is very much the underdogs going into this one, despite being the two-time state champions. Uh, you know, but as you could see, a lot of other people are picking Delta. And I have also seen on social media a lot of people picking Delta as well, which is interesting. Now, the core of this Eden squad has been getting varsity snaps for the last three seasons now and have been a big part of Eden's championship ways. They've all been here before and they faced their strongest opponent yet here in this state championship out of all the other couple of years here i really feel like this delta squad in my opinion is probably the most dangerous i got to see that lamar game and then last year's brush game this delta team is better than both in my opinion and so eden they're gonna have to play their best game of the year but honestly i trust the championship dna i think eden will find a way to get it done and that's all that matters. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, everyone else going Delta. I am going to go with my Eden boys here. And we will see what happens. Should be a great game here. A lot of respect for Delta. I don't expect them to make this easy at all. There's definitely a chance they could win it. So there you go. Um, a really good chance they could win it, honestly. Let's go ahead and move on to 3A here. Let's talk about some of these predictions. Uh, so we got Lutheran versus Durango. 
I'm going to go with Durango. Honestly, I'm doubling back on my Lutheran pick from the start of the postseason. Uh, in the postseason, I picked Lutheran going to state and I believe winning it. But honestly, because I believe Riken Doggard, um, he's not playing for Lutheran at the moment. And so that's kind of a big reason why I'm going with Lutheran here. And I don't know how healthy Riken's going to be by Saturday. And so we're going to see, but uh, it's definitely worrisome. And that trip down to Durango is always hard. Um, anyways, the touchdown pass is thrown, at least as it appears, as came from the backup Sorensen. This doesn't kill Lutheran's chances, but they also have to drive all the way down to Durango to get it done. They will not, this will not be easy by any circumstance, like I just said. And Lutheran is facing an uphill battle as is, while Durango beat a team in George Washington who has similar talent who has similar talent and uses them similarly. Uh, I'm going for the 2020 state championship rematch. Um, that is between Durango and this other squad that I'll talk about here in a minute. Cody is also going to go with Durango. He says, after what the Demons were able to accomplish against an absurdly fast and talented G-Dub squad, this is a team that was some solid health away from making a run at state last year. And with the rest they've had and the force they've been so great at demonstrating against any and all trenches. I see them punching their ticket to the Thunder Bowl. Now, before I read Gideon's prediction here, Anthony Garcia is also going with Durango uh, over Lutheran. But this is what Gideon has to say here. He said, both of these teams are really good, but I have some concerns about Lutheran. Ryan Kenny didn't throw at all during the game against Frederick. I think he means Ryan Dogger didn't throw at all against Frederick. Um, but also, I guess Ryan didn't throw at all either. He only ran and he did well in that spot. But Chase Sorensen went 4 of 7 and 1 of 1. Uh, one touchdown, one pick. This is highly concerning that an Opoi candidate didn't take any snaps and throw. In order to predict this game, I will use the matchup between Frederick and George Washington. Uh, George Washington beat Frederick 41 to 36. Lutheran played Frederick last week and beat them 21 to 6, which is respect respectable. Now, Durango faced George Washington and beat them 56-28. Throughout these playoffs, we have seen these common matchups be extremely important this year. Durango, uh, as of now on Max Preps, will be hosting this game, and Luthen will have to drive six hours. I like Durango for this game. I have them winning 49-28. to So all of us going with Durango here, we will see what happens moving forward forward whether Riken plays or not because I'm sure that will affect things now the last one here we got Roosevelt versus Green Mountain Anthony Garcia he's going with Roosevelt to go back to state here against Green Mountain so that's his pick this is what Gideon has to say about it uh, he says Roosevelt and Green Mountain have continued their dominant runs with wins over Evergreen and Palisade respectively both teams are undefeated at 12-0 and both have good offenses and defenses Roosevelt does average more in every major stat except for points per game. I think that this game will come down to the minute details, which means special teams. When it comes down to it, we have to look at their percentages. Uh, Jacob Wehage, I want to say, is 51 of 61 on PATs this year and 0-1 on field goal attempts. Kuba Belinsky is 54-56 on PATs and 5 of 8 on field goal attempts. Xavier Ramirez and Zach Wallace will be a fun matchup. Bronco Hartson and Wallace will be entertaining as well. Elazar Valencia and Vincent Rivera will be interesting on defense. Ryan Knudsen and Blake Westland are going to be fun to watch duel. The thing that Roosevelt will have to look out for is the air. 
Tucker Peterson will be a main target of the Roosevelt Rough Riders, but seven Green Mountain players have recorded interceptions this year. The air will be where this game is decided, and I believe that Green Mountain's anti-aircraft weaponry will keep this close. I'll favor Roosevelt, but I do have concerns with their special teams. It will be 28-27 Roosevelt, but I will not be surprised if Green Mountain wins. So there you go there. Uh, Gideon going with Roosevelt. Now, this is what Cody has to say about that matchup. He says, got to go with my preseason Rough Rider role, but this is their biggest challenge yet. Green Mountain has a massive size advantage, and this game will be a battle of the wills, but I have spoken to the coaches and players, and I don't think I have seen any squad quite as hell-bent on their championship run as Lane and company from Johnstown. According to some of my sources who played um, who played both, they said the Rams were the tougher opponent, so Roosevelt has got to bring it. So there you go. Uh, I'm going Roosevelt as well. Look, Roosevelt has been here before, and I don't think they will be satisfied with losing in this round again. Green Mountain is experienced and tough as they come, but I'll trust Roosevelt to find a way to get it done when it matters. Look, this is a game that could go either way. This is definitely a game that could be like a 10-7 type of type of win. Green Mountain, they're going to bring it. They're going to play extremely good football. They're, they're as experienced as they come. They're a very tight-knit group. That is a lot of trouble. Roosevelt, they're also a tight-knit group, but they haven't played with each other, not everyone with each other, for as long as Green Mountain. But they are dominant. They are going to be the ones who I feel like are going to be heavily favored here, as you can see with most of our predictions. But no surprises at all if Green Mountain is able to find a way to get it done and gets through to state if they get to state you know i think uh, they're in a pretty good position to win uh obviously but you know they gotta go through roosevelt first and so we will see about that let's go ahead and move on to 4a here we got broomfield versus erie let me talk my predictions first i'm going with broomfield i respect what erie has been able to do turning the season around and finding ways to win by dominating the ground game i was at this game in the regular season and erie struggled passing though looking at the past couple games they have continued to struggle passing but have more or less given up on throwing the football as much and have decided to just play smash mouth football erie has been here before and that confidence from last year has to be kicking in they gotta be feeling some type of way Broomfield, on the other hand, is on fire, and they will not go down without swinging. If it comes down to one last drive to win the game, I honestly trust Cola Crew to find a way to get it done. This game will be one for the ages in a closer battle than the one they had in the regular season. So there you go. Cody is going to go with Broomfield as well. He says after two playoff games with an absurd 88-0 point margin, the Eagles have rode one of the best cultures and team-centric focuses in the state to absolutely dominate in the postseason, a level beyond where they were in the regular season. They scored three defensive touchdowns and have weapons on a patient or explosive offense along with disciplined special teams. I would take the constant nature of Broomfield over the streaky, I'll buy it team with the absolute highest peak, Tigers. If Erie is in the same hole like they were against Pondo, Broomfield will not implode the same way on both sides of the ball and they will keep their foot on the gas So there you go. He is gonna go ahead and go with Broomfield there now This is what Gideon has to say about that game He says Erie has been the surprise of the 4a playoffs 
After handily beating Air Academy, the Tigers have beaten the six-seeded Denver South Ravens and the three-seeded Ponderosa Mustangs, shutting out Ponderosa on a 35-0 run in the second half after being down 25-8. Broomfield has had an equally surprisingly easy route through the playoffs, beating Windsor and Heritage. Broomfield did beat Erie 35-14 earlier in the season, but Erie has proven that that doesn't matter much. I will give this to Broomfield, but I won't be surprised if Erie continues their Cinderella run. He has a score being Broomfield 42, Erie 35. So still a close one. I think we're all expecting a close one. And we really wouldn't be surprised if Erie goes back to state. Obviously, they were there before. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Palmer Ridge versus Loveland here, the other game here. Um, in 4A. This is what Gideon has to say. He says the Palmer Ridge Bears and the Loveland Red Wolves are both very good, but very different teams. Palmer Ridge is much more pass-oriented. Not much more, but more. Casey Fackrell averages 50 receiving yards a game, while Lane Thomas of Loveland only averages 14 yards per contest. The Red Wolf offense is much more centered on Garrett Harstead, who is an Oport candidate. Make sure you vote for that, by the way. Palmer Ridge is just a great team. Loveland's defense is led by Ty Young and Caden Stansbury, and Palmer Ridge is led by Holden Wright, Casey Fackrell, and Cooper Havenar. I think Loveland will be a tough challenge for the Bears, but a Bear can tank a Wolf Pack. I'll give the slide edge to Palmer Ridge, 35-28. Now, this is what Cody has to say about this. He's going with Loveland. This team really took their one-yard loss from last year personal and have shown so much experience and coolness this season. I think that the seniority and discipline mentality is something that Palmer Ridge has not seen yet. Palmer Ridge has toppled the likes of Ponderosa and Vista Ridge, but those teams compared to Loveland are weaker mentality-wise. I like Loveland to run the ball effectively and for the Red Wolves to defend the Palmer Ridge run better than anybody else. If Palmer Ridge wins this game, it's on the arm of Derek Hester who did bounce back like I thought, but Loveland just feels different as a defense and a unit. Uh, I'm going with Palmer Ridge here. Look, at long last, Palmer Ridge will have a chance to avenge their 2020 state championship loss. They have not played Loveland since and have undergone many changes since, both with the coaching staff and with player personnel. Many of these players were too young to be active participants in that 2020 game, but Gator Robinson, the heart and soul of this team, was one of those participants in that game. I will trust them to lead these boys to state by any means necessary. This may not be a clean game or a good looking one, but at this point, winning is all that matters. Loveland will not go down easy though. Obviously, they blew out Palmer Ridge a couple years ago. I think they're going to come into this one pretty confident as well, as they should. But Palmer Ridge, they shouldn't be afraid. I think this is one for Palmer Ridge to take potentially. Um, so, there you go. Now here in 5A, uh, let me go ahead and get it started. Let's talk Pine Creek, Cherry Creek. Um, I'm going Cherry Creek. The Battle of the Creek goes down for the first time ever, at least in a while. I don't think they played before. The new kids on the block, Pine Creek, has put together a solid run as expected and will pose a problem to Cherry Creek. This Pine Creek squad is well coached and there is a good chance they can punch their way to state. But until the three-time state champs lose or show signs of faltering, which they really haven't too much yet, I gotta rock with Cherry Creek for a fifth straight trip to state. Uh, so we'll see about that. I mean, Pine Creek, 
Uh, they got some guys too, but they got to find a way to win first. You know, they haven't played Cherry Creek yet, and that's a whole different animal. Cody is also going Cherry Creek. He's, he says it's exciting for Pine Creek to be in a semifinal for the second year in a row, but on another classification. I think that Pine Creek is legit, but Cherry Creek has proven time and time again they're just a different monster. So same thing as me, um, basically there. Gideon, he says, I can't pretend that this one is going to be super close. I can't imagine that unless Pine Creek plays a perfect game that they will win. But Pine Creek has a chance. Mason Miller, Justice Nicholson, Brett Alvey, Cameron Cooper all have to go off to have a chance. But I trust that Bubba Tan, Brady Vodka, Blake Purchase, Angelo Petritus will pull through. I will emphasize that Pine Creek has a chance, but it has to go perfect. He has Cherry Creek winning 42 to Pine Creek's 28. So there we go. We're all going with the favored team here, Cherry Creek here. But wouldn't be surprised if Pine Creek goes to state. Now, on the other side of the bracket, we got Valor Christian versus Ralston Valley. This is what Gideon says. Ralston did end up beating Columbine 28-7, and Valor beats Regis 45-28. These two played in the regular season, and Valor ended up winning that one 27-23. This is going to be the much closer of the final four games in 5A. I see this going like TCA versus Delta, that 2A matchup. They're both good enough to win. But I'll stick with my original prediction and go with Ralston Valley. They've got the right momentum. And I feel like the pain from that early season loss. Um, and likely feel the pain from that early season loss. Excuse me. They've been building since then. He has Ralston winning 21 to Valor's 17. Uh, Cody, he says Ralston Valley. After allowing Columbine to drive and score to start. Ralston Valley beat the Rebels in every facet of the game, including special teams with a return touchdown. With Valor and Ralston played in when Valor and Ralston played in the regular season, Valor scores 20 in the fourth to surge ahead to a win. I don't believe that Ralston Valley is going to make that same mistake again, and they will avenge the loss. Mustangs to the chip, just like my bracket. I am gonna go with Ralston Valley here. I said I had Combine beating Ralston and eventually beating Valor to go to state. After seeing what Ralston did to Columbine, I have a lot of confidence that this new Ralston team under head coach Yanisito can make the dream happen and go to state this year and even compete and win. Valor is simply not the Valor of old and it's time some program out there recognizes and play this Valor team with full confidence. The time is now. So, we'll see. Now, Valor Christian, I feel like this is still their game to lose. I believe they are hosting. Wouldn't be surprised if they go back and we get another Valor Christian versus Cherry Creek. But if you're Ralston Valley, you can't fear Valor anymore. You made it this far just like them. You got to play well. You know, that's what it's going to come down to. So, there you go. Those are our predictions. We will see what happens moving forward and all that great stuff. All right, once again, thank you so much for rocking with us uh hey we are near the end of the season and so that does mean end of the year awards so make sure you check out the 1a 2a 3a end of the year award shows and then make sure you eventually check out the 4a end of the year award shows polls close on wednesday right before thanksgiving so if you're listening to this beforehand make sure you go vote it's on our twitter which is linked in our bio bio and link tree on uh, instagram facebook all that great stuff so or you can just look up playmakers corner at twitter and you can find it there so there you go make sure you vote for that and then that 4a end of the year award show should come out this friday after thanksgiving uh so 
yeah, there you go. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Early Thanksgiving, past Thanksgiving. I, or I guess that will be late Thanksgiving. Whatever, happy Thanksgiving. We are super thankful for you. And we are super thankful for the chance to cover Colorado football. Whether you like it or not, we do our best over here with the three people we got. And that's all that matters, honestly. That's all that matters to us. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, 5A end of the year awards will happen next week. So right before the state championship, the 5A end of the year awards will drop. Hopefully the polls come out on Friday on time. And so we'll go ahead and repost those and all that great stuff. And so that way you could vote before the state championship game. But a um, lot of fun things moving forward here. Make sure you follow us on our social media at Playmakers Corner. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, uh, YouTube as well. We post there. You know, and um, yeah, until next time, we'll catch you later.